The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. John Kachuba back with us now, author, paranormal investigator. He is a certified ghost hunter. He has investigated a number of haunted locations. He is a frequent guest on radio, television, and a noted speaker at paranormal conferences. He has also written books unrelated to the paranormal, but teaches creative writing at Ohio State University. Ohio University. He lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, one of America's most haunted towns. A couple of his books include Ghost Hunters and then Shapeshifters. John, welcome back. How are you? Uh, thanks, George. It's good to be back. How did John Kachuba get involved in all of this? <laughs> well, John Kachuba grew up in an area that uh, was steeped very much in in a lot of this uh, ghostly paranormal lore. You know, I grew up in New England, and uh, you know, I couldn't help but walk past some old cemetery almost any town that I lived in, and I just really got involved with the stories and the and the folklore and all that, and started thinking, I wonder if there's more to it, and just started investigating and pretty much all my life, although not really writing about it until, you know, maybe the last couple decades. Wow, a couple decades. Well, that's a long time. It sure <laughs> is. It goes by fast, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. A couple of years ago, you wrote an incredible book called Shapeshifters of History. What exactly is a shapeshifter? Well, the simple definition is, you know, it's a person that is able to transform himself into, into usually an animal but it could be another person. It could be even an inanimate object. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the general definition. And, you know, we find these characters way back in, in ancient literature. We find them back in cave paintings. And we're talking about them today in, in terms of uh, real-life encounters from some people. It, would this be a shapeshifter? I knew a person whose personality would just change at a whim and become a totally different person. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think we all know people like that. And when I talk about shapeshifters, I frequently classify them into two different ways. I talk about a voluntary shapeshifter and an involuntary. And what I mean by that is, you know, a voluntary shapeshifter is uh, the typical 
um, person, a, a shaman, a wizard, some of the ancient gods, like the Greek gods, like Zeus, who have some innate power to say, hey, I'm going to just be something different right now, and they can do it. Involuntary ones are those that uh, you know, are, are frequently under a curse, like um, think of some of the fairy tales, like Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. right? Um, the prince, uh, it's always a handsome Jack, prince, Jekyll right? and Hyde. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that kind of thing. And I think what happens is I think there are people um, that sort of the, volunteer, the involuntary ones are more or less internal. There's internal and external, too. I talk about that as well. And these are people who internal shapeshifters are those that don't ever manifest physically into something different. You know, so they don't suddenly grow fangs and hair and howl at the moon at night like a werewolf. Yet there's something inside them that has this sort of, I don't want to say split personality because that's a very... That's, know, that's almost bi- bipolarish, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and certainly those, you know, some of those folks do act out that way. But I'm talking about something a little bit different that we don't really know what it is, but there's an internal personality that does not match that exterior. Um, and yeah, we all, I think we all know some people like that. And for the most part, I think they're harmless. But every so often you get somebody like, um, like a Ted Bundy. You know what? I mean, everybody talks about Ted Bundy being this clean-cut sort of collegiate kind mm-hmm. of guy who would help you change a tire, help you bring your groceries into the house, and then and became a demon. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's that kind of thing going on. Are, are shapeshifters dangerous to themselves as well? That's a good question. You know, I, I really don't know. I think I think they can be. I think in some of the cases that we hear about from like the 16th, 17th century of lycanthropy, for instance, where people believe that they were turned into wolves. Uh, you know, you look at them physically and they weren't. However, they would act out. So they'd be scratching and tearing and growling and, you know, sometimes do harm to themselves as well uh, as other people. So I, I guess there is that component or could be that component. It's fascinating. Now, when you were doing your book, Shapeshifters, A History, how did you begin to start the research for this? Well, I mean, you don't go door to door going, do you have a shapeshifter who lives there? <laughs> well, you know, that you could try that. I'm not sure how far you'd get, you know. People hear my dog barking in the backyard, and they think he must have a werewolf there. Exactly. So it's possible. Um, no, I think uh, what I did, first of all, is I, I did a lot of reading, and I did a lot of reading into some very old books. For instance, one that I really found fascinating was called uh, a treatise on the apparitions of spirits and on vampires or revenants. And this was written by a Benedictine monk named Augustine Calmet in 1751. And he runs the gamut of almost every kind of paranormal experience one can have with any kind of paranormal entity, but a lot about shapeshifters. Um, so I was looking at those kind of old, old manuscripts. And then it's easy to do a research, uh, do a search through newspapers and journals and things like that to look for, uh, you know, more recent reportings or sightings. And once I found some of these areas, particularly, um, I did a lot of traveling. I, I, for shapeshifters, I was in, oh my gosh, I was in France, Italy, uh, Portugal, Belarus, Ukraine, Jeez. Romania, and some countries in Asia, Cambodia, um, Indonesia, Thailand. So I did a lot of traveling for it to try to go to locations where 
there were stories or legends about shapeshifters and to see what was actually there on the ground. Was there any you know, physical evidence, if you will, or, or whatever? So I, I did a lot of research for it. I guess that's the short of it. And do you find, John, that nowadays more and more people are becoming somewhat, and my definition of a shapeshifter is not a physical change, but a mental change. Do we are we having more and more of those cases? I don't know. I I don't know if I can say we have more and more. Now. I think we've always had it. Um, I just don't know if it was identifiable. I think maybe it's becoming more identifiable because people are becoming more interested. It's sort of a you know which comes first. But I, but I think that's what you're sort of saying is that I think we're I think our knowledge of not just shapeshifters but of paranormal events, paranormal entities in general, is becoming much more widespread, and I think more people are interested in it. So I think we're now maybe able to identify things more more clearly and say, oh, that sounds like a shapeshifter episode, or that sounds like that could have been a werewolf sighting or, or something along those lines. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What about Dracula? You mentioned him a little bit. We've mentioned werewolves. Would you call Dracula a pure shapeshifter? Well, it, it depends on which Dracula we're talking about. <laughs> if we're talking about the fictional Dracula, you know. Or Brand TV Stoker, or the movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, although he seems to, in, in most of the movies, he seems to restrict himself to the form of a bat which Bram Stoker does mention. You know, he does have that transformation of Count Dracula into a bat in his novel, Dracula. Um, But, you know, the real-life Dracula, or who we think maybe sort of who Dracula was modeled on, was Vlad the Impaler, you know, a prince in uh, Wallachia in the 16th century in Romania, uh, Transylvania, actually, particularly. And, uh, you know, he was not a shapeshifter. He was a pretty ruthless prince that, executed thousands of people. Um, but I have to say, probably not more ruthless or bloodthirsty than most medieval princes of his time. You know, they, that's that's how they got things done. And John, what do you mean by biblical shapeshifters? 
Well, it's, you know, it's interesting. Um, I came across a guy named Rolf Vandenbroek, who is a professor of history, the history of Christianity at Utrecht University in the Netherlands. And he, uh, he was interpreting a Coptic text that was that's held in the Morgan Library. And as he was translating this thing and looking at it, he came across a passage that indicates to him that Jesus may have been a shapeshifter. And let me, um, here, I, just, I, just ha- I have the book in front of me. Let me just read a quick line here. And this is, from, this is his translation. Uh, he said, Then the Jews said to Judas, How shall we arrest him? And, uh, him meaning Jesus. For he does not have a single shape, but his appearance changes. Sometimes he is ruddy, sometimes he is white, sometimes he is red, sometimes he is wheat-colored, sometimes he is pallid like ascetics, sometimes he is a youth, sometimes an old man. So that's, that's an incredible passage. Now, of course, that's not in the Bible. That's in a Coptic text right. that refers to Jesus. But there are other examples in the Bible um, the book of Daniel, uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar is basically cursed by God and is turned into some kind of a beast. We don't know what, but they say that he ate the grasses and he had claws and his he had like fur. It sounds almost like a werewolf. Um, and there's other issues. There's other examples, too. Um, you can look at the transfiguration of Jesus where he goes up to a mountain he has his disciples at the bottom. He goes up as a person, as, as a man, and something happens to him, some remarkable transformation where he becomes this celestial light being, right? He glows, there's radiance, and the disciples are beside themselves. They don't understand what it is. And he comes back down from the mountain, and he's normal again. And, and the Buddha, too, by the way, went through transfigurations at least twice in his life, the same kind of thing. So... I talk about that as being biblical because, well, it occurs in the Bible. And I had a review. This is interesting, George. I had a review from a Catholic journal uh, that reviewed shapeshifters of all things. I, I don't know how they got that or why they decided to review it. They gave it a pretty decent review until they got to the part about where I said Jesus could have been a shapeshifter. And they, they raked me over the coals. Well, they went now. nuts on that one. Right? <laughs> they raked me over the coals. But I have to say, I mean, my, my reply, I couldn't actually reply to it, but my reply here is, you know, if you are a Christian and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and is God and is capable of doing all things, he can walk on water, he can raise the dead, he can heal the blind and the lame, et cetera, et cetera. How difficult is it for him to change his appearance? That would seem like a parlor trick. And shape-shifting doesn't necessarily mean evil or bad, does it? No, not at all. And that's the thing. Shapeshifters have a connotation because of... of Superman was a shapeshifter. Oh, yeah, there you go. Exactly, he was. And actually, that's interesting. There's a lot of sort of, you know, Marvel comic heroes. Batman. Comic heroes. Yeah, right. Almost any of the superheroes... Are, have some kind of an incognito disguise, mm-hmm. right, as a human, and yet they have these miraculous powers. Look at the Hulk. I mean, this poor guy is just a you know a normal being, and all of a sudden turns into this you know gigantic green green monster machine. You know. Well, you mentioned Ted Bundy, but what about people at work at your office who you know come across as hardworking, deliberate and stuff. And then at night they, uh, you know, jump on their suits and throw them off and uh, go out and have a great party. (laughs) 
Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, is that evil? Yeah, I mean, they're having a good time. And they're shape-shifting. And they're shape-shifting. Well, and I think, I think this is the key to shape-shifting is that I think my, the term that I – okay, when I use the term shape-shifter, I do use it very broadly. I do certainly talk about the classical shape-shifters that we have sort of talking about. Right, you've here. even talked about alien shape-shifters. Exactly, we'll get into that. exactly. The, the David Icke kind of things, the reptilian alien shape-shifters. Um, but I also think that the, the whole idea of the shapeshifter, I think the whole reason why the character of the shapeshifter is so appealing to us is because I think all of us sometime in our life, say, you know, we say, boy, I wish I was stronger. I wish I was better looking. I wish I was smarter. I wish I was, you know, fill in the blank. We all sort of have that, right? I mean, all of us have some little insecurity in our lives, maybe not all the time, but once in a while. And so I think the shapeshifter offers us kind of that... Um, a way out. Yeah, vicariously, right? I mean, you say, wow, you know, if I can be Superman, you know. Don't that's... we shapeshift on Halloween? <laughs> I was just going to say, it's part of Halloween. That's what Halloween is about in a lot of ways, right? I mean, how do you decide on the costume you're going to wear? There's some psychological process going on in your head that says, I want to be Superman. And I have seen people become that costume. Mm-hmm. When they shapeshift, I mean, their hope, their personality changes. They're having a good time, but I mean, they're into it. It's yeah. like it's like an acting role. Yeah. But they do shapeshift like that. Well, for part of my research, I went to some of these uh, cosplay conventions, you know, and, and cosplay for your audience, they probably do know, but it's short for costume play, literally meaning that you dress up as a character, and you don't just dress up like you say, George. You get into that role. So if the, if the character that you're impersonating uh, speaks with a Scottish accent, well, you speak with a Scottish accent. Some of, you know, if that character eats nothing but Cheerios every morning, you eat Cheerios every morning. I mean, you get into the role just like actors. And I think actors are shapeshifters, too, in some way, because they do get into that role. Yeah. No, there's no, the good actors are. Yes, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What got you interested in this? In, in shapeshifters particularly? Yeah. Well, I mean, because you've you know, been a ghost hunter for years. Yeah, right, right. And, and I'm still, you know, I'm still doing the, the paranormal stuff with the ghosts and everything, too. But I think what happened is that um, I, I do a lot of public appearances. I do a lot of programs like yours. And, and so people hear me. And as I'm speaking about ghosts and speaking to my audiences, frequently people would relate their ghost stories to me. And sometimes the stories that they would talk about didn't sound like a ghost. Like, well, I, I'm not sure. You know, they would say, well, I, you know, I saw this figure. I saw a misty figure, and then suddenly it was gone, and there was something else in its place, or I saw it sort of metamorphose into something. And so I think, well, I'm hearing a lot about what sounds like shapeshifters. So I just started doing some research on, on their prevalence, on cultures that have shapeshifter characters and everything, and the world just opened up in terms of shapeshifters. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I don't know how many, I probably have a couple of different hundreds, uh, different kinds of shapeshifters mentioned in the book, you know, Uh, and really a lot of them just mentioned because there are so many. Every culture, every culture in the world seems to have some shapeshifter character. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes they're tied to religions, sometimes they're not. Right, right, exactly. Have you ever met a human shapeshifter? Well, you know, um... That's a good question. I, I don't know that I've, I don't know that I've met one personally, 
but I know that uh, I've spoken to uh, some <laughs> or or people that have, that have said they have shape shifted. Uh, and alcohol will shape shift you. It, it will, yeah. Probably not in a good way. I've seen that happen a lot. Yeah. There's and and there's a lot of things that will will do that. I just got finished. This is a little bit off the idea of shape. Well, not off shape shifting, but an explanation perhaps of what happens. I just got finished reading a novel in which the character. Uh, developed rabies and you know rabies is an incredibly awful disease to have if you if symptoms appear before you can get treatment you're in bad shape you're in bad shape you start foaming and everything else yeah and so when you read some of these accounts there's something actually called furious rabies Um, furious and what happens is you know as you can imagine people that unfortunately suffer from that they're hyperactive, they hypersalivate, they have agitation, sometimes, uh, you know, sort of uh, back and forth between being agitated and having some lucidity, but they have delirium, they have abnormal behavior, frequently violent, hallucinations, confusion. I think that a lot of what we talked about in the past, you know, a couple hundred years ago as being shapeshifters or being werewolves particularly, could have been people that were infected with rabies. Um, I mean, I, I think that was, you know, there certainly was no treatment a couple hundred years ago for, for rabies. If you got it, you got it. Uh, and people didn't understand the nature of that disease. And so was that a shapeshifter? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it certainly would seem to be, to the average person, you would say this guy is just transformed into a, ra- a raving beast, a werewolf. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL Schedule Release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.